Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and I'm here with Jonathan once again. Well, hello. Like I was warning Jonathan at the gym, if we're not careful, we might become a regular podcast with two like reoccurring Consistent hosts all the time. <laughs> it's it's nuts. Uh, I'll find an excuse to bail out for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna go off to the store for cigarettes and we're never gonna see you again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> things off with our question of the week it's uh which video game world would you like to live in uh, i'm gonna go to our listeners first we have two of them right here that i want to make sure to spot like jimmy evans who has been a advent advent that is not the right word a super duper <laughs> follower of ours <laughs> on social media shout out to jimmy evans he says smash brothers world which mm. at first i was like how violent i don't know if i'd want to be in a world where everybody's fighting all the time but it's a world where pokemon and mario and link all of them exist and so that's pretty cool. That's a good way to look at it right there, I think. Yeah, maybe we don't see the break room, but, you know, they all get together non-aggressively somewhere yeah. when they're not fighting, right? All right. Like Rick at Ralph, like the whole time the, yeah. the apartment seems like they're getting attacked all the time, but then at night they have parties and stuff like that. You yeah. know, that's a good point. That'd be pretty fun. <laughs> and then Aaron, you remember Aaron Sim... I don't want to say his last name, actually, on the internet. Oh, uh, yeah. Aaron, from, you know Aaron. Aaron from, yeah, from the neighborhood. Childhood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says Toe Jam and Earl, which I haven't heard that name in 20 years maybe i don't even know what that is since i probably was playing it with aaron <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is such an ancient uh game toji mineral good shout out there Jonathan, what is your virtual world do you want to live in uh so that's a that's a hard one because it's like there's a lot of different things you want to be able to do you don't want to be tied down to just one because my go-to game is like oh, i just want to play minecraft like it's real simple right. it's fun you know you can walk around and just keep exploring you know fight zombies and stuff like that so that's the game i would want to play in the virtual world but to live in the virtual world, I think I just want to go something like Sims to where you have actual life you can live, you know. Uh, but in the end, really, I just want to live in the Ready Player One Oasis so you have access to everything. You know, that'd be which sounds like that's ideal. Fortnite then at this point. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. But pretty much that's that. Yeah. What about you? As for, for me, it's Azeroth. I'm such a basic B. I want to oh, live in the man. World of Warcraft world. I already kind of do. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just take me there all the way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super basic that way. I wish it was a fancier answer. I wish I had more excuses. I want to be a hunter that can like see a pet, a gigantic tiger and tame it and it'd be my best friend. And then we go and the threats are simple. Go stop that bad guy. There's a big dragon over there. You and 39 friends go fight it and kill it. And it's like, yes, let's do it. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. And then like you die and you're just like, oh, I just got to find my body again. And I'll be good. And then you go walk back <laughs> to your body. Oop, and you're good. It's perfect. That's true. And and the question is like, which virtual world would you like to live in? Some people kind of live in a lot of these virtual worlds. Like if you play, yeah. if you're a hardcore WoW player, like a third of your life is in this game. So that's, yeah, I haven't been that kind of hardcore WoW player in a couple of years. I'm I'm happy about that. I'm a <laughs> casual, casual WoW player now. And so it's a better life health wise and stuff like that. But there was a time back when you and me lived in, in Galt. Uh -huh. I was all the time WoW player. I was, that's when I was one of the best hunters in the world. And I had to put the hours in for it. That was mm -hmm. rough. <laughs> you wake up, you play well. So speaking of what video game you'd want to live in, uh, we got some breaking news from Disney. Did you hear that Disney, well, obviously, you know, you know everything. Uh, Disney's working <laughs> with Fortnite <laughs> to create what looks like a virtual theme park. They released a little like kind of teaser that shows what it's going to look like and stuff. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that? How do you think that's going to be... Like a game is going to be just a walk around experience. What, what do you expect? I think both. So we saw Fortnite do this like Lego thing where they, they made, it was kind of the first other game that was within mm. their game. And I don't know if you've been on Fortnite in a while. Actually, I just played it last night in VR. And it's amazing that like now you go into Fortnite and it's a lobby of other games mm. and it's a lot more clean and streamlined. It's not as janky as it was before. And so, yeah, when you go to the Lego game, it's like you're going on Steam to pick the Lego game. Mm -hmm. uh, so now I'm like, oh, boy, they could do all kinds of games. They have a racer there now, too. And this is like basically that. It's going to be this Disney game, fully fledged Disney game inside of Fortnite. I'm excited for that. What do you think? Oh, see, I thought it was going to be the other way. I thought you'd go inside this Disney, you know, multiplex or whatever that has all the different options, this Disney world. And then if you want to play Fortnite, you have an option to play that game or you can check out all the other disney affiliated ip and stuff like that the way to look at it jonathan is it's not so much that it's a fortnite game it's using the fortnite engine yeah okay like roblox like we actually talked to we interviewed a developer that 
developed a game that's part of a development team mm-hmm. that develops a game within Roblox. It just uses yeah. Roblox to run it, but it's not actually a Roblox. Hmm. So yeah, it'll use Unreal Engine 5. It'll use that stuff like that. But it's it, when you're looking at the worlds, because they gave us that one image, mm-hmm. I think I'd want to be in those worlds. It looks like it's Main Street. It looks like there's actually yeah. a hall. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I've, I've, I've been saying that I imagine in, in our dystopian future that's coming, like <clears throat> that this would be a common thing, a common uh, virtual vacation, so to speak, yeah. that, you know, yeah, I can't afford to go to the Grand Canyon, but, you know, I could afford to log in and check out this virtual Grand Canyon or this virtual, you know, planet that we've never been to or go, you know, especially with as good as VR is, is becoming. Like, yes. You know, assuming it will eventually be integrated with VR then you can go check out some cool things that we can't even like imagine. Like somebody has to create this stuff that we don't really have in this world. So I think it's pretty cool. Well, and that's the thing too, from the image is it looks like there's a main street where it has kind of a little bit of everything. It looks like there's another part that has kind of the California adventures vibe where mm-hmm. it's Marvel and a little bit more, maybe the teenager version of Disneyland. But then you just see these like one off worlds. There's a full Pandora, uh, Pandora from avatar. There's mm-hmm. a full Hoth. There's a full, every, uh, there's a whole, um, Neverland for so then I'm thinking like they could keep adding those those mm-hmm. those will just keep coming and is there any particular event from a Disney property that you'd like to relive and be a part of like that battle for Hoth is such a iconic battle in movie history that being a part of the actual battle is a cool idea and personally for myself I'm like oh man I want to be at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean three you're fighting each other on pirate mm-hmm. ships and there's that big swirl that you're trying to avoid. Like yeah. that's such an that's such an iconic ship battle in those movies. That would be cool to relive that as an actual player. Yeah, I like the the battle in Avengers when the whole city's being attacked by those aliens through the, through the oh, portal. Oh, classic! Yeah. Like, imagine if you were Spider Man, if you got to play as Spider Man, had you know yeah. his traversal, and you're in that that scene, and it could just be like, hey guys, this is gonna happen, you know, tomorrow at noon or whatever. So everyone's ready, and then they all kind of you know merge, come to the city to see this big mm-hmm. fight, and you know help a little bit you know maybe maybe you're not playing spider-man maybe you're just your own character but yeah hawkeye you know. would probably be easy he's in the he's in the movie itself and hawkeye's one of those characters that you know doesn't have that big of an effect but he does have that one goal to like hit the thing up on top of that loki has so yeah. like as a player you could imagine that like you have to get to the top of the building somehow that'd yeah. be pretty cool that'd be cool and yeah Even yeah that actually, end game battle too with with the thanos like that's oh boy that's just a huge battlefield when you're thinking about other players joining you those yeah. portals opening up that's exactly it right there and make challenges within the city that the the regular players can play. So like maybe if you aren't a superhero, because we're watching them, we're just regular, you know, people at Disneyland kind of characters. That's but true. if there's a challenge that's like, oh yeah, if you get to the top of this building and you guys destroy this this satellite, it will, you know, damage their communications and slow down the bad guys. And so it takes, you know, fifty people have to work together to make their way to the top of this building and break this thing. Yeah. And then you actually see like this beam stops, you know, transmitting or something like that. And it helps the Avengers finish their challenge. And you all get some kind of in-game credit or something like that for, for succeeding and a trophy or a, a badge. I think that'd be a lot of fun. It's almost like a comic book retcon where it's like, well, actually in the game, you realize that mm-hmm. this person did this one thing that stopped the other invasion happening. So really, <laughs> that would be kind of fun little toy to, toy to play with there too. It, yeah. I think this is a good idea. And we talked about how you know, VR is getting so strong and better and better. There's a lot of people who can't afford to go to Disneyland. It is increasingly expensive. Oh, Jesus, yeah. VR headsets are not too bad. Like, if you were to get an Oculus 2, which is the not the newest Oculus, but it's still a very good machine, you could experience a VR world, and this is not even VR. This is announced as just a regular part of Fortnite. Yeah. I'm assuming that VR is going to come up right behind us because it just feels so natural. Mm-hmm. But, so, free technically, right? Because everything on Fortnite's free to experience, not to actually buy skins, that's a way your family could kind of, you know, embrace the Disney culture a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I'm kind of hopeful that it's Disney that's kind of trying to pioneer this. We know other people have been working on like metaverse uh, projects, but the fact that Disney's the one pioneering it means it will hopefully stay for the most part family friendly and mm-hmm. we won't end up with, you know, the post-apocalyptic or whatever dystopian uh, cyber metaverse that we see in a lot of movies and stuff where it's just all adult content and you know, unhealthy for everybody. So we'll see. We'll have that in another place. It doesn't yeah. have to be Disney. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be yeah. somewhere. <laughs> uh, man, I tell you, so, you know, I've got that Oculus 3 now and I've been toying with it, experiencing it and, and seeing because when you, 
some of it's kind of gimmicky, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Which is understandable. Like there's some yeah. games that are very gimmicky. Like yeah. this is cool to experience it to show somebody, but it's not like your everyday use. Yeah. And like as much as Beat Sabers is a fun game to play, it's like them trying to show off the abilities of the device, not necessarily something yeah. that the audience is going to want to play regularly. Exactly. And last night I watched, um, it was Invincible. I needed to finish up Invincible. So mm-hmm. I watched the last two episodes of Invincible in VR and I did it on the Amazon Prime app. I haven't tried it out in VR yet because each, each of these streaming companies are now starting their own VR thing as well. And, um, and I tell you, Jonathan, it was like, I, when I'm watching it, they do it and you could choose to do it in the theater. You could choose what size theater you want. I did IMAX and they, they, you know, you see the chairs next to you. They have the lighting from the screen on them. Um, you, I had it go dim. Like when you're in a theater and it goes dim after the previews. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I am in a theater right now. Like, this is crazy how much I am straight up in a theater right now. Mm-hmm. And I would arguably pay near theater prices for that day one release of a movie to come out in that experience. Yeah. If I could watch the next Marvel movie that way, I would probably pay at least 10 bucks for day one release of that thing on my VR. So yeah. there's something there too. Like they, they could do that. Like, can you imagine going to the Disney park? Say mm-hmm. it goes to the VR. And I, you go to the theater in that Disney world and exactly. you pay a ticket to experience that thing. And what's cool is as VR gets better, like, I mean, we see in Ready Player One, you go down into this Disney, you know, Hollywood street or whatever, and you meet up with your friends and you guys all go to the movies together. And then afterwards you go have some kind of adventure. It's yeah. great for, for us as an audience and it's great for Disney. Imagine, you know, right after that, they have a shop. You could buy all their merch and stuff like that there. It's, I think it's really in the end going to be a win-win. So I'm excited. I had a lot it. of people online in the comments, TikTok, especially cause that could be pretty uh, confrontational in there. Uh, thinking like, Oh, Disney's, messing up again there's a lot of people who just hate disney for uh, multiple reasons but like mm-hmm. this is such a bad move for disney like people won't go to the parks kind of thing absolutely not when you're in disneyland <laughs> there's no magic that you could capture anywhere else in the world that's not like that like that's unique yeah and so this is just a good way for people who maybe can't afford to go to disneyland or it's it's there's only two places in all of america that have it so it's hard to get to them so i think yeah. it's cool if, if you've gone to disneyland lately you know there's people there's so many people there they're not having a problem they're not having they're they're yeah. Not at the point where they turn people away, but there's so many people that it's meeting its limit for sure. So if they unfortunately keep increasing the prices, they're going to narrow it down to where it's only the people that can afford the high end ticket prices. And once they get down to, you know, 90 or 95 percent of their volume they can handle, then they might, might stop raising prices. But it makes sense from a business yeah. tactic. They just keep bringing up the prices until they're meeting the demand uh, and and, that's uh, their stated reason for, by the way, that is their stated reason for increasing ticket prices is to try to slow down people coming into the park, Yeah, which is such a crazy thing. But it, it, like, if you look at it just business wise, that does make sense. You're trying to figure yeah. out where the demand is at. Mm-hmm. So you increase prices till you meet it. But as a person who's trying to just go, who's been going for a long time now, you're like, well, son of a bitch, I've been loyal. Why am I having to deal with this? But that's yeah. just, that's, you know. And most of us can't economics. afford, you know, a thousand dollar, you know, trip like that. Like it's, you know, 150 bucks or whatever to get in the park uh, mm-hmm. per person, you know, three, four people in your family, two days, like you're easily spending a thousand bucks to go. So it's like, well, if you can't afford that, then this might be a very cheap alternative. And they'll probably yeah. monetize it somehow where you, you pay for a subscription to go into these lands or, or just, merch you can buy in you know virtual merch uh, but either way i think it'll be a cheaper option for families that can't afford to go to these expensive parks yeah they're probably gonna have like the freaking park hopper ha- uh, passes oh, which you yeah. can't pass up i i always laugh when somebody's like oh we didn't get the park hopper i'm like how did you not get the park hopper like you gotta yeah. go check out california well, adventures when you yeah and like in the genie pass if you do the math and you're standing yeah. in a line for an hour and you didn't have genie pass it's like you're wasting your money by not spending more money to be able exactly. to ride more rides it's it's sad but you might as well just calculate your ticket price including the genie pass in it somebody on tiktok not that this is this should be the podcast like you want us on tiktok that actually probably would be a good tiktok uh, podcast. <laughs> but uh somebody was talking about how like do you know where the actual indiana jones ride is have you been on the indiana jones ride i think we talked about this i haven't been on it in years when we were little i went on Crazy. it and then so yeah the few times that I've gone recently, it was down two of the, we went four times since me and my wife been together. It was down two of the times. And then the other two times we didn't go cause she didn't really want to go on it. And it just, I don't know, didn't happen. Um, and it's hard cause we have our son. So like one of us will have to stand outside and it was like a really long wait for, for that ride. 
but it's down a lot too. Even while we were there and it was like working, we would see it's down for an hour or something like that and then comes back online. Yeah. It's such a good ride. It's one of but, their best ones. But yeah, I know where it's at. It's over by uh, Jungle Cruise. The entrances. So, yeah. but that's the thing is they try to hide the actual ride itself, right? The building that's have, like, housing the ride. It's yeah. so, like, do you know where it's actually at? It's way in the back. You walk 1.3, I think it was, miles in mm. underground tunnels because it feels like an experience when you're in yeah. there. You're like, oh, this is part of the ride. They do that a lot with the Star Wars ones now. Yeah. Uh, so you actually feel like, oh, I'm, I'm going through a, you know, one of Indy's movies to get to it. But then by the time you actually get to the end, you walked 1.3 miles. They don't even, but it's like hidden in a way. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's 1.3 miles there and back. Total. I, it's, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's nowhere near the entrance. Mm-hmm. The entrance is just how you get into the tunnels. That's and smart. I thought that was pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. They're reworking parts. Uh, no, Haunted Mansion right now. Yeah, Haunted Mansion. They're reworking the line for that one, too, to make the oh, line the a little line, bit more yeah. efficient. Because if yeah. you remember, like, the outside part, the whole time you're in the weather, and then when you're inside, it's kind of like a bunch of people moving mm-hmm. from room to room, yeah. which is neat looking, but also kind of just, just inefficient. So they're working on yeah. that, too. And that People line often about, like blocks the blocks the road because it goes out of the out of the right itself on the big days. Yeah, and yeah, it ends up crossing. Tra- I mean, they they would put up little little uh, ropes or whatever to kind of guide the line. But it's mm-hmm. like, dude, this is this is insane how far it's going, Crazy. and it's kind of blocking traffic for everything else. So it's good that yeah. they find a better way to to guide it. They're putting a bar over there too. They Ooh. Walt never wanted a bar in that place, and they put one in California Adventures. Like it's too much money, Walt. <laughs> you know, sorry, buddy. <laughs> Um, they're putting a bar over there and I saw the concept for it. Like when you're sitting at the bar, you're going to see ghosts sitting next to you oh, in, the, cool. in the bar glass. I still have to check out the bar that's in uh, the Star Wars area, the Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. I haven't, I've never gone into it, but uh, I just, oh, I didn't even know it was there until the last time we were there. I happened to walk by and I heard the music and I was like, wait a minute, is that a bar? Well, I didn't think they had bars in Disneyland, but <laughs> that looks like what it is. But somebody was saying there's a, like a two drink maximum too, so that. Nobody gets yeah, too rowdy. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which is that's such smart. A shame. I mean, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, moving on to the next thing here. Uh, two Disney things I want to make sure to mention. Actually, three technically now. Uh, so first off, Percy Jackson is renewed. Did you watch Percy Jackson the first one? I watched the first few episodes. It was kind of slow. I didn't really get hooked. It probably might not be my demographic or something like that, my age range. But yeah. It looked like it would really be great like for Greek teenagers. Mythology. It helps. Yeah. For, for myself. Because I know it is definitely geared towards teenagers. I thought it was a really good story in general. Mm. Um, I like the, the same old story movie as the movie, right? It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. like when they've done that, but okay. Yeah. So, but but it just got renewed for season two. Uh, mm. One thing that's funny, fun fact about that, because I was working on fun facts uh, uh, for Challenge Accepted. And the fun fact for that one is they cast the kids, I think, at 12 years old because the writer really wanted to make sure they're 12 because the movie, they messed that up. They mm-hmm. Kids are too old. So they're like, okay, we casted him at 12. By the time they were done filming, they're 15. So oh, yeah. <laughs> if you watch, if you pay attention, like if you don't go watch the first episode and the last episode, that's three years difference. And they like went through puberty during it. It's yeah. their kids are all older now. At least hopefully they filmed it in order. Cause I know a lot of times movies, they'll film scenes completely out of place. And so that would totally they mostly did because they're traveling in the, in the show. So when they're, tra- oh, okay. when, they're when it's something where they have to travel, they <clears throat> do it in order. Uh, yeah. But there are scenes that kind of jumps around a little bit like that. That's just funny oh, that man. that's a problem I have to deal with. Yeah. Moana sequel coming out this year. Oh, I, I, for, yeah. I forgot they had apparently mentioned this like two years ago at a Disney uh, D23. Yeah. So I saw a video recently of The Rock talking about this. He was like, you know, we, we started filming the Moana series, a TV show. And he's like, it was going good. We all kind of liked it and stuff like that. And we got to a certain point. We all looked at each other. We we're like, this is a movie. We we need to just put this together as a movie because this is feels so much more like a movie than a TV show. And so... They, and maybe that's why we haven't seen much about it. Let me jump in, Jonathan, it. real quick before you go too far. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a live-action Moana and an animated Moana, too. Oh, So, The Rock right. is working on live-action Moana, and they're making a li- um, Moana to the movie, which will have The Rock as well, so we're going to have double yeah. Moanas. I think he was talking about the, the animated movie. The oh, sequel. was he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because the, I think they're still on track to produce the, the live-action one also. They are. Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay. But that's exciting. I mean... I don't, yeah. I'm interested. I don't know any idea what the story is going to be for the sequel. Do you? Uh, you Goofy it? caught that they're making a really big deal out of this certain conch that she's blowing into, and they're all explorers now. So it could be about them trying to find new islands, or they find this conch, and all of a sudden they realize, like, oh no, we moved this conch, and now I don't know, it's a fern goal situation or something like that. Like something yeah. evil's coming. That would be pretty cool to do something like that. All I know is the songs are going to be bangers because man, the soundtrack for that first one oh, freaking yeah. rocks. Yeah. So good. 
But I hope they don't have the same challenges that most sequels have, where they put a lot of money in the first one, it's got a great name, and so the sequel ends up being a dud because they don't put as much into it or yeah, whatever. Frozen Two sucked. Yeah. yeah, and we're gonna get Frozen. They just announced two, also uh, somewhat recently, Frozen Three and Four, and I'm like, yeah, guys Why? are being a dead horse now. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> like if you want to go off into a series and they have different adventures or whatever, that's fine. But when you're doing just movie after movie, unless unless your numbers are really showing that it's selling, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep doing it. What do you think about them doing live action movies for the newer movies like this? Um, I don't know. What have we have we seen other live action movies for newer Disney? They announced a Frozen a live action, and we have this Moana live action, and I think they're working on a Tangled live action too. But I'm like, I liked when the live action first off the live action I don't think I really needed, but they make yeah. good money. But it's better if they're about forgotten characters. Bring back forgotten IPs like Jungle Book, like that Robin Hood, Robin Hood Disney one. Like for the millennials, if you play the 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 song that's intro for that thing, mm-hmm. uh, it's so freaking iconic that if you were to bring it back and you actually were just had that music playing, you'd have us buying tickets. And mm-hmm. yet, like Moana is like, yeah, it's good and it's a decent story. It's a good story, but I don't know, man. It's a decent story. <laughs> it, it's been, but it's already been at the forefront so much lately. Bring back something that's forgotten. I think it's kind of the value of Disney's library. And I wonder if this is, again, targeting not us, but the modern-day teenagers, the ones that are 15, 16, 17 right now, were, you know, toddlers when Moana first came out. Them. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you, when you think of uh, Enchanted, that Disney show that's all about, you know, uh, it's a live-action yeah. teen drama about uh, Disney characters. Like, yeah, that's definitely not targeting us, but that might be where they're shifting their focus to because that's the next generation of people who are about to have jobs and disposable income. You know what? That reminds me. Have you ever seen a show called once upon a time? Uh, uh, it was a so. Disney show. It is. It is. So your wife's cup of tea, man. Is it? it is. Think of that. Like, so what it is is basically it's this little town where you realize that all of the old Disney characters basically live in this town, but they don't, I don't think they know that they are Disney characters. Oh yeah. It's, it's like twilight vibes. Um, it is very twilighty, but then it's like Snow White and Prince Charming are the two main characters. Yeah, it's a really decent show, and I think your wife would really be a, a fan of it. Yeah, I and it has some good actors in it. Too. Well, some some good like the guy UFC that plays uh, Rumple, uh, Rumple. It's I, I it's fairy tales, not necessarily it. Disney, but it's made by it's Disney, really. Yeah, because eventually Ursula's there and stuff like that too. Um, yeah, it was on uh, ABC. Rumple Stiltskin, that actor kills it. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah, I did see I did see a few episodes. This. It feels a little more like a, a like a stage play or like a soap opera, but it's, you know, has all these yeah. iconic characters. Um uh, yeah, I remember seeing a little bit of it. I don't think I I don't think I ever completed a season even. Uh, yeah, it would be a good thing it to It gets better over time like when they bring in Hook and then Hook's the love interest and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it it builds on it ends up creating a really pretty big world yeah. within that little town. That's kind of where it's gets a lot of fun. Oh, you remember you were telling me before, like, oh, there's going to be this uh, drama that's based on Zorro. That's going to be kind of like a soap opera oh, yeah. and that, that, you know, my wife would love that. She's like, yeah, they've done that over and over again in Spanish. They have a lot of those. <laughs> so it's oh, not, really? not a new thing. Yeah. But maybe oh, not. This is the first time an English. American company's like, we're going to make money off one of these now. <laughs> that's yeah. what it is. That's what I recognize it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Been there, done that. Oh, man. I love Zorro. I still got to read. There's Zorro and Django comic books. I got to read those. Oh yeah, I was like that's such a dope combo right there. You know, Zoro means fox, right, in Spanish? No way. So he's like he's the fox. <laughs> oh my god, I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, ask my you son's know how many times book? I used to watch that old movie, like because we had oh, I had yeah. that VCR in my room, mm-hmm. so I would like put that was basically the movie I would put on every night, and I would <laughs> see like them cutting those old triangles to like spy on the thing and then fall asleep. So I just yeah. see that scene over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good movie though. <laughs> Got to do that on challenge accepted. All right, uh, let's move on to our next thing here, Jonathan. Um, let's talk, oh, that Knuckles trailer. We already talked about Sonic last, last week, and I started Sonic 2, guys. I am, mm. I am getting there. I'm going to be catched up with all the kids. Where, um, where is that at? Where is it streaming at? Paramount Plus. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I need to, I need to watch that one, too. But yeah, that uh, Knuckles trailer Jim looks Carey's really so good. good. Yeah, yeah. Well, t- t- tell us about this trailer. What would you think? Uh, I just, I, I like to see that it was a six-episode uh, series, so, yeah. you know, I mean, more episodes is great, but I like to see these miniseries more than movie after movie. I don't know. There's a place for movies, too, but... I was happy uh, to see Idris Elba is actually doing it. Like, Idris Elba yeah. seems like the kind of guy who's like, I'm not going to do a TV show. I already did The Office back in the day. And to see him <laughs> do this, I'm like, oh, that's dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks good. And I like, it looks like they're doing a good job. Like, just like the 
the first two movies where they're merging this animation and live action uh, and having like the technology, like the, the guy using the big glove to fight knuckles and stuff like that. It looks yeah. pretty clean. So I hope it's not just for the trailers and then you get into the show and you know, the CGI is a little rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. But I mean, so far it looks very promising, so I like it. And, and I'm wondering if this Sonic and, and tails too, that's pretty cool to actually bring in, you know, yeah. the characters that you are no more. So and I wonder if they're going to be doing like Disney does with uh, Star Wars and stuff like that, that you have the other movies and then the series is going to kind of progress the story. So you want to watch the series before, uh, you know, maybe there's going to be a Tales movie that comes out later or something like that or Sonic 3. Yeah, I know yeah. that this movie follows. So uh, Sonic 3 will timeline wise be after the Knuckles series. Yeah. So if you want to know everything, you got to watch Knuckles too. But I don't think it's oh. going to really impact the grand story too much. Oh. I really like that the Hound from Game of Thrones is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. um, playing some rob- Robotnik scientist, but that guy needs more roles because he's so fucking cool in Game yeah. of Thrones. I love the Robotnik tech, the way they do it. It looks like a little bit steampunk, but not really. It's a new type of mm-hmm. like futuristic, real sharp, clean. Uh, reminds me of Portals, the technology you see in Portals, yes. with the little little droid bots and stuff like that. It's like, ah, oh, man, that's that's a really cool look. So I hope we see more of that, like, kind of mimicked in other shows in the future too and man did that cgi team learn their lesson that made the sonic that very oh, first sonic right as this oh, guy looks like it's just it knuckles like i'd want yeah yeah that's crazy that they, i wonder was that even i could totally see that have been like a a gimmick where they're like oh hey we're gonna make this guy he looks really dumb huh and then people are like oh yeah no don't do that and then they suggest like oh you should make him look like this and then like okay we got you and then they show what they were actually planning on him being yeah because that first one was just, I mean, <laughs> that was atrocious. I don't know how they, how they got past them to start with. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, you you got to watch the um, Rescue Rangers movie that came out, I think it was last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got, uh, it's, it's really good. It's John Mulaney and Adam Sandberg are, are Chippendale. But it's Chippendale like nowadays where like Monty is, uh, he's off the cheese man yeah. <laughs> and he's got an apartment in, in beverly hills and he's doing okay he's doing okay and the yeah. two the chip and dale now do conventions that's yeah. how they make their money and stuff like that have you seen that movie i saw most of it i think i fell asleep watching okay. it i'm pretty but i love at that. the conventions that version of sonic is there at the conventions like oh, i'm yeah. that meme yeah. <laughs> you know like he's making money <laughs> off the meme oh man uh, yeah, that's a solid yeah. movie <laughs> yeah. uh all right let's go ahead and get to our next thing here uh phantom menace is going to be hitting theaters May 3rd for its 25th anniversary. I am absolutely seeing this. Are you watching this with me? I think so, yeah. I'm surprised it's only The Phantom Menace. Don't you think theaters can do a full Star Wars day where all the the showings are different Star Wars movies and you maybe you pay for one ticket or two, you know, pay like 20 bucks, 30 bucks and you can see all the Star Wars shows because you you pay to get in and you have access to every- characters in the lobby. Hell yeah. Uh, Cardboard dude. cutouts to do pictures with and stuff like that. Make it an event. Make it a... I don't really own a theater, make, Jonathan. Uh, we, should do, we should go into business. Geek Freaks, guys, if you want to support us, uh, help us out with Patreon and Geek Freaks will <laughs> open a local theater. I want a theater so bad that, like, yeah, we'll do the new stuff, but like, you know what? Jurassic Park this Friday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want Beetlejuice. I want... Oh, man. So And do, do movie marathons where it's a whole day yes. event, a whole weekend that would be so much fun. And you know, you get like a, like a small convention, actually have a big lobby where you can do it kind of like yeah. a convention, invite out some of the cast from the show or some smaller, lesser known characters, developers and stuff like that and say, Hey, just come out, sign, you know, get autographs and stuff like that. And, uh, and you know, brings out a ton of people and you just pay one flat rate to come in and enjoy the event. Watch as many of the shows as you want. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Do video game tournaments there too with on the big screens like that. Okay. There you go. Now that we know we're going to start a theater. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe it's been 25 years old from Phantom Menace. I am ancient. Yeah, I feel, I'm feeling old already, too. That's crazy. I remember uh, when they first announced the Star Wars, I was listening to the radio while I was doing the mile uh, at in junior middle school, in middle school, mm-hmm. and, um, and thinking like, oh, Star Wars. Yeah, I think I've seen one of those on Fox. You know, like Fox used to do the Sunday Night Movie, and mm-hmm. I watched the first one there at Grandpa's house, Grandma and Grandpa's house. And... Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, and everybody started dogging on it. And I was like, I thought it was really freaking cool. I don't know why everybody <laughs> hated it so much. Uh, and now we know that like, oh, there's a bunch of us that loved it. It was just that it was the mean, or not the mean, but like the close-minded old fogies that were pissed off. And yeah. so it's good to see that like 
Hayden Christensen now has the love that he deserved the, the entire time. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this movie's coming back. And so we'll have to do something special for it. Maybe something on Geek Freaks. We'll do something on Challenge Accept for it. And, and I'm going to the theaters to see it for sure. Yeah. I wonder what tickets go on sale. Oh, yeah, I wonder why, like, if they're going to do something special. Are they, I wonder if Disney has something planned. Like, right. you know, we're going to put this back in theaters for a little bit so that there's a little hype around it. Because they're sure there's plenty of things that have a 25th anniversary they don't mention. Um, but I wonder if they have some news of something else, Star Wars, that they're going to release after this. Yeah, that's probably when they would announce Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 2 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I or don't know. Or a Phantom but Menace series, like uh, something following Darth Maul. Empire just interviewed Hayden uh, again for the 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And it's just so good to see this guy who, like, he talked about how he had a lot of mental health issues after that movie. Jar Jar mm-hmm. Binks famously, I can't remember his name, but the actor who played Jar Jar Binks, they had some mental health issues after that because it was so much fan hate. And it was a level of fan hate that, honestly, I think only Star Trek fans were familiar with. This mm-hmm. like idea that, like, oh, this isn't the right Star Trek or whatever. You know, we kind of were getting that vibe with Voyager. But, like, yeah. for the most part, Star, uh, uh, geek fandoms didn't have that kind of hate-love relationship with fandoms and mm-hmm. were voicing it so much. And I think, I think Phantom Menace might have been the first one that really kicked that off. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a problem. That's a bad... Well, I mean, it's good for the <clears throat> creators to listen to the audience to some extent, but in yeah. the end, they have creative control. The audience a lot of times right. thinks that, well, you need to do it this way to make it the way I like it. And it's like, no, I'll make it the way that my creative mind wants to make it. And if you like it, fantastic. Thank you. Go sit in theaters and watch it. If you don't like it, go watch something else because this is what exactly. I'm producing, you know? And if it... They think because they've liked the things in the past that they should have a say of how it goes. No, it's that's not how it works. And our our Phantom Menace is a big reason for this too, by the way. But mm-hmm. our stated like statement or our mission statement on this or whatever is the fact that we support all fandoms. We're not going to dog on any particular thing because, every, like the Mario movie is such a good example for that. Like we, mm-hmm. it might not have been your cup of tea. It ended up being everybody's cup of tea. But at the time, <laughs> we were like Chris Pratt. Who knows? You know. But it's like for a generation, this is their Mario. So yeah. let's dog on it. That's not fair to them. Like let them mm-hmm. exp- experience the fun of Mario. It's not your Mario because your Mario is 30 years old now, 40 <laughs> years old. Well, you're old too. So yeah, it's it's I'm looking forward to this and and I hope I hope we get more Star Wars, even like the Ray stuff. People are big fans of Ray and, and we need to stop like just dogging it. Yes, what she says her last name is Skywalker at the end. Oh man, my blood boils. But still, you know, let's just have fun with it. It's, let's yeah. keep it lighthearted. This episode of Geek Freaks is brought to you by Paramount's Halo. Dive deep into the epic universe of Halo, where the battle between humanity and the Covenant unfolds like never before. Season 1 has landed on Blu-ray, bring the rich lore, intense action, and stunning visuals of the Halo franchise right to your screen. Grab your copy today, link in the description. And the saga continues with Season 2, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Join Master Chief and his allies as they embark on a new adventure. Face formidable enemies and uncover mysteries that will change the course of the war. Don't miss a moment of the action. Start watching now by clicking the link in the description. Paramount Halo, where heroes are born, legends are made, and the fate of humanity hangs in the balance. Watch now and join the fight for the future. Speaking of blood boiling, Jonathan, this is upsetting me so much. Yeah. The Coyote versus Acme movie. Have you heard about yeah. this whole controversy? That's yeah, I heard about that. And part of me thinks this stuff should be illegal. So to, I, I can explain it. Warner Brothers is going to yeah. delete the the Coyote versus Acme movie like they did with uh, what was it Batgirl? Uh, yep. Yeah, and it's just it's literally like a tax evasion tactic. Like, hey, we made this really expensive thing. Oh, it doesn't look like it turned out the way we wanted it to. It's not going to make us any money. You know what? We're just going to delete it and call it a loss. On our balance sheet. Like, no, if you delete it, you're choosing to throw that away. If I spend a million dollars building a house, I get a loan from a bank, and then at the end, I'm like, well, you know, I should have done two story. I don't like this layout. This is garbage. You know, I'm just going to fucking burn it down, call it a loss. The bank's going to be like, hey, you still owe us a fucking million bucks, dude. Like, like yeah. whether you burnt your house down or not, and the insurance company is not going to cover it, you know, because it's an intentional, intentional loss. So I don't understand how they get away with doing this. It should be illegal. And it's taking money out of the pockets of the people who worked on it. They're not going to get residuals for a show that never, or a movie that never yeah, came out. Yeah. And, and they're, they're all the passion they put into these characters they played. This should be a, a an item that goes on their resume and yeah. nobody's going to see it. It's never going to see the light of day. 
it was nearly a complete waste of their time and efforts to work on it. So not nearly think, fully. And it, and it was the big break for some people. Like we don't, yeah. you know, like the director, or whatever, like this was the movie that it was his big break. He was excited to tell his mom and dad about, yeah. and no, no, we're going to just delete it. That's a shame. I think, it, I think to some extent that should be illegal. I know like we've talked about just now that, you know, creators have the right, the creative rights to their product. And that's fine. If you need to keep tweaking it, keep tweaking it. But the, all these people involved, are invested in it and they get a paycheck, yeah. but they also get a residual paycheck afterwards and this influence on their, their character and their experience. So I, I think that's, I think legally there's gotta be a way that we can stop this from happening. Cause it's just going to keep happening more and more if, if we don't do something about it. Well, and, and, and people in my comment section on, on uh, threads and Twitter were saying like WB is going to lose creative people. There's mm -hmm. directors and stuff like that are like, why would I bother making a move for you guys? If you guys are going to take all of, my potency away from me and possibly ruin and delete my work. No freaking way. Am I going to work for you guys? Yeah. You guys are ruining your name. Like I think Paramount has a really good name for themselves right now. Like we're seeing them take on embrace work. Matter of fact, for this project. So I'll give you guys the numbers here. Uh, the movie. So they're going to get $40 million for doing the tax write-off thing by deleting and destroying this thing. Or just, that's the worst part too, is it could just be shelved forever and just like put away. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like a glimmer of hope in 20 years, they might release it for some reason. But no, their sources are saying that they're actually going to destroy it, That's which is so dumb. sickening. Do, do like Disney does with the vault. You know, remember they would put something in yeah. the vault and then like two years later, like, oh my God, we're bringing Hercules back out of the vault and you can't wait to see it again or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then you bought the DVD because it has extra <clears throat> deleted scenes or something like yeah. that. Lock it in the water tower. There you go. There we go. Yeah, with the Animaniacs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're going to make $40 million on the tax write-off. The mm -hmm. reason they're able to do that is because they're saying it's going to be even more of a loss if we keep trying to put this movie out. So when they first announced this cancellation, it was back in November. Mm -hmm. People were furious, of course, because they're like, why would you do that? Will Forte and John Cena in this thing. It's a really good movie or whatever. Um, I think the premise is actually very good. And, and so they're like, okay, we'll shop it out. We'll see if anybody wants it. They asked for $75 million and nobody would give them that much money, but Paramount, uh, Prime, and Netflix were all going to give them some money for it, more than the $40 million. And specifically, Paramount's like, we'll even put it in theaters. Basically, the reason they're saying that is because there's a level of prestige to that. So the WB name of a Looney Tunes cartoon would still hold up because it'd be in theaters. Mm -hmm. and, um, and nobody wanted to hit the $75 million. And worse yet, $75 million is $5 million more than the movie cost to make. So they're still trying to make a profit, Jonathan. And it's like, fuck you guys so much. So they're going to take the $40 million, 35 less than anything, 35, 30 less than the movie cost to make. It's so frustrating. And I just got to hate Param or WB right now. Yeah. I think if they really wanted to, maybe they should be free to just to not release it. But they should definitely not get any kind of tax write-off for, for doing that. I, yeah. And if anything, maybe, sorry, there's a cat scratching at the door. Uh, if anything, <laughs> if uh, if they're not going to release it and all these people that worked on it, you know, deserve the recognition and the money that comes with it, it should be if you're if you can't make money on this project, it will be uh, taken oh. from you and sold at fair market value to, you know, be auctioned off. Oh, like interesting idea. Yeah. Like your property. Like a bankruptcy would. thing. Yeah, yeah. If you can't afford your house again, back to the only thing that I can compare. Uh, if you can't afford your house, then it gets taken by the bank and sold at auction for, you know, at least what they can get for it. To and make up so, for some of the debt that's going to be accumulated <clears throat> from it. Yeah. yeah. So something like that to where it can be sold off to somebody else that's actually going to, you know, uh, put it out there. And that $40 million is taxpayer money. That's money that we already paid for other things. Yeah. And so you're, you're taking $40 million from us for your loss. Yeah. Uh, look, buddy, that's not going to, that, that can't fly for too much longer. We got to figure something out. WB's is really showing us a loophole that we need to shut down. Mm -hmm. And we need to shut down WB if they're going to be doing this. This is, it's yeah. just so frustrating. I mean, what else has WB got that we would, we would want to keep them around for anyways. They have, they haven't been doing a whole lot of great stuff lately. Yeah. I, I really would like, I, I'm a big fan of Paramount right now and it's actually going to be changing hands pretty soon. And I hope it's going to be okay. Um, they just, what did you put? I'm sorry. This is totally now we're changing subjects all of a sudden, but did you see that new Super Bowl commercial or the new Paramount plus commercial with Picard and they're all talking about football and stuff like that? No. After this, I'm showing it to you, Jonathan. I'm telling you, if uh -huh. if commercials could get Emmys, this one would get the Emmy. It's nice. got Jeff from Survivor. It's got um, it's got Reno 911 guy, the sheriff. Yeah. It's got Picard. 
it it's such a hey Arnold Arnold it's so so good. <laughs> so somebody's buying Paramount now. So yes, Paramount is uh, the the main stockholder is wanting to retire and sell her share. So mm. She's shopping it out, and we were really worried because one of the people interested and actually met with her was Bobby Kotick, who was the old leader of Activision Blizzard mm-hmm. and is one of the worst people on this planet. Mm. Uh, luckily, it seems like he's been passed over. Thank God, um, because obviously Paramount owns uh, owns I'm not, Star Trek, so we oh, want to yeah. make sure it goes to the right person. Yeah, um, yeah. The latest and highest bidder right now, and I can't remember his name, but he is basically the reason all those judge shows are on TV. Oh God, I hate those. Not Judge Judy, but everything else that's all a judge. The other ones. Yeah, Judge Justice. And so at first I was like, crap like that. What's you know what's this guy even want Paramount for? But then I was like, oh, reality TV shows. Paramount's got a lot of reality TV shows. Yeah. And this guy's probably, so at least as a Survivor fan who has a Survivor podcast coming out the later this month, heads up on that, guys. Um, <laughs> that's good. It's good to hear that like, oh, he's going to keep Survivor on because that's the most powerful one that they have. As long stuff. as he doesn't try to, to monetize in the same way as these, well, not monetize, but, but make more cheap stuff like these judge shows because they're just, they're just brain garbage. But I could actually see them making more because if you remember back like in the early 2000s when Survivor first hit off, Mm-hmm. And because uh, it's been oh, around yeah. that long, guys. There was a bunch of shows uh, like that. There was a bunch of them. Like, can you make? Can you be a pirate? Joe Millionaire. Yeah. Uh, all these different things like that. And so I could see that coming back. That could. Yeah. Say, I'll probably watch them. I'll probably watch a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as long as it does, uh, hopefully, being that it's just one investor that has you know an influence mm-hmm. in the show and the in the oh. company. Uh, hopefully, they can't change it too much. You know, just buying in and joining yeah. a board of you know twenty other investors or something like that. Maybe having a larger share than most, but not being the sole, you know, you're not changing CEOs or something like that. So we can expect the direction of the company should stay relatively the same. In current plans, like Section 31 is now actually filming now. So that's nice. something we thought was forgotten, but yeah. Section 31 is actually filming now. You know, can't wait. Uh, <laughs> whoever would give Star Trek Legacy a shot because Star Trek Legacy is a fan desired series that follows, um, I think we've talked about this before. Seven of Nine as the captain. It follows Picard, mm. basically. At the end of Picard, Seven of Nine is now the captain of the main ship, the flagship, and has you know a crew of the people we know, mm-hmm. including LaForge's daughter and stuff like that. Like That is tailor-made for the old Star Trek fans, and everybody's wanting it. That's going to be called Star Trek Legacy if it does happen. The mm-hmm. writers for Picard are like, here's what it would look like. We already wrote it for you guys, too. Right. And it's just waiting for Paramount to give the... So whoever runs Paramount, please just do that for us. Right. We appreciate keep, it. Keep Star Trek going. Speaking of Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery's final season is going to be premiering April 4th. Mm-hmm. Now, Discovery, I think, is probably the most uh, hotly contested, debated Star Trek series of the franchise. The first season was very different than what the rest of the season. Season two, I think, was a highlight. Season mm-hmm. three, they jumped to the future. Yeah. What do you think they need to do for Discovery to end the series off? And maybe kind of in a high note, I would say. Um, yeah, shoot. I don't know. That whole jump into the future was a little too much to me i think it kind of mm-hmm. there's i know they, they were grasping at straws because the show wasn't getting the response that they were hoping for I, at least it seems like it was a soft uh, reboot for them really yeah 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 and so it's, it's a shame to see this end so soon four seasons is not a lot for a star trek show um but i really don't know what they can do to i mean jump back to the past i, I don't know <laughs> i mean reconnect with some of the crew they lost but they could use this as a, a setting up point to prepare for a new series or something like that that they're going to bring out and maybe they can keep some of their better characters yeah all their characters are are great but uh keep certain ones that they want to carry over into another series um but as like a story arc i i can't even think of something else that would actually be like a good farewell or a good sign off so i think it's five seasons first of all this is fifth season i'm pretty sure pretty sure yeah but i i would like to see them somehow this sounds so shitty, if I'm being honest, but negate mm. their entire series. So oh. I would like for them to be able to go back in time and make it to where the future that they saw doesn't exist. Yeah. So that any Star Trek series that comes out now isn't hampered by the fact that in 3000, we know that there's no warp speed. And yeah. that Star Trek, Starfleet is all but dissolved. And they have a technology that nobody else has ever heard of in any other Star Trek, which is that, that spore drive. So it yeah. wouldn't be too hard to say they're they're testing temporal mechanics with the spore drive and something goes wrong and that spore technology is actually erased from time so yeah. that now nobody is able to jump at any point. So, you know, 
that is a frustrating wink, wrinkle. Like the spore drive is neat if it wasn't Star Trek because it's like it's yeah. too powerful for Star Trek. Yeah. A lot of discoveries too powerful. Like when they go to the future, now they have that that uh, adaptive matter. I think it's called where it just kind of like does what you want it to do. It's like oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but like I think it's right. Who Pike knows about it? Like there are some actual main Star Trek people who know about the spore drive, and yeah. they're like sworn to secrecy. And it's like no, because then in TOS. They know about this incredible spore drive that yeah. exists that lets you basically go anywhere you want at, at a flash. And and when there was these big conflicts that the whole planet was at risk or the whole, you know, the solar system, galaxy, whatever, like they knew, oh, I just got to find this captain that has this technology and we could win this war. And yeah, oh, wait, but we didn't do that. Why didn't we do that? It really didn't exist. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it's a, it does I didn't kind think of, about the spore drive because that's actually a really big move. Oh, if they huge. could go back in time, like. <laughs> It's it's such a big part of the show that that's how they could finish it off with is trying to go back and destroy the spore drive in the beginning, which would erase all their history. It would put them back in the past. It would change Pike's character, though. They lose control of the technology. So some some like Romulans or whatever get the the spore technology or whoever. I don't even know who the big bad is in the future. They yeah. get a hold of it. It's and, the green ones. I can't remember names, but that's the it's the. Some, oh, the Orion Syndicate. The, yeah, the yeah. Orion Syndicate. Yeah. The Orion. So actually, they get a hold of it. They find some remnants from before the time jump. That would be even better. We see yeah. a little inkling. And then so then their future changes once that technology has been, you know, uh, utilized. Yeah. And we realize that in that future timeline, somebody else has a fleet of these spore ships. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have to find a way to go back and stop that technology from getting in their hands. Only way to do that is to go back to, you know, because they can only connect to their own ship in different times or whatever. Go back and destroy their ship before it gets in the wrong hands. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be cool. I don't know. We'll but we always, goes. we do lean on time travel stuff with Star Trek a lot to like solve our problems. It's my favorite ones. It's my favorite I mean, ones. But you don't want to ruin your favorite topic by, or your favorite uh, arc or whatever by using it too much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they, I was they about to start have, mentioning... Other Star Trek stuff too, stuff. Yeah. Because I think at some point in the future, if we ever do a Star Trek podcast, I really want to make sure we do like a month of time travel ones. Oh, and yeah. For I want to sure. tag team on that one for sure. <laughs> Let's head into our Halo review, Jonathan. We watched mm, Halo yes. season one, season two, episode one and two. Um, it's the start of a new season. And what are your initial thoughts? So far, I'm loving it. It's visually oh. stunning. I think they're doing really of good. Course. The the writing, though, it does seem a little little confusing to me. Maybe part of it's probably because I'm watching it on my phone. I watched 30 minutes at a time or so. And uh, so it's not, you know, a smooth, consistent story that I'm watching. But uh, there didn't seem to be like a recap. I, I wanted to watch the last like three episodes, too. I didn't. Uh, so there wasn't like a real recap to kind of tell you like this is where we're at. This is what we're doing. So it took me a little while to kind of remember uh where we left off and then so far the arc isn't super clear of like there there's not a clear goal or purpose or focus uh i don't know i mean i guess now that now that the goal is to try to find halsey uh but yeah it just seems a little a little over the place for me but well it's really good looking show so far it is it is a very good show it's darker i like the like lighting wise a little bit darker than i would want sometimes yeah um yeah, so the main storylines that we have going on right now, Master Chief and crew are, mm-hmm. yes, trying to find Halsey, but also Master Chief is realizing in season two mm-hmm. um, that the Covenant have a big plan going on and the Marines don't seem to care yeah. or are trying to at least sweep under the rug to not scare anybody. That's what it looks like. Yeah, um, and they're all dealing with their like individual issues after taking out their pellets and stuff like that. Their yes, emotional that challenges, yeah. psychological issues. Because now they're embracing, and just that's just Master Chief's crew that's doing that. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, and then yeah, Hal- Halsey's actually captured by the new guy that's leading the Spartan crew mm-hmm. and uh, everybody's hunting her down, but he's captured by her or vice versa. And is like, it looks like being tested to try to like perfect AI. Cause she mm-hmm. of course invented Cortana, which is now being used solely by that one guy. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Story like, Oh, uh, we have Soren who is the, the captain of the pirates that was mm-hmm. uh, spoiler warning, but he's captured by what looks like the Marines and is now arrested. Uh, he's yeah. a former Spartan, so I would like to see him kind of brought back take, into the Spartan. Take down doors. Yeah. Yeah. 
Pretty yeah, cool. that that like if uh, if Master Chief and crew have to turn against you know against the UNC whatever it's called, uh, mm-hmm. if they bring him in on their team to, you know, take care of business. And I think it's Quan Ha is the character that nobody likes. And I was like, oh, none of the trailers showed her at all. And sure enough, the final shot of the final first episode of uh, season two was like. Her popping up was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> no, and they she didn't was, listen. She was the one telling monster stories to, uh, what's his name's daughter? Soren's son. son. Yeah, Soren's yeah. son. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, that was kind of weird. I, I don't understand the purpose of that. What is, is, I don't understand the purpose of her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is she trying to like train him because he's going to be a major warrior soon, someday, and, and she wants him to be prepared? Or, I don't know. It's kind of uh, weird. It, it, it it really just slows down everything. Yeah. yeah. We want more John. We want what, Okay, so uh, the one of the biggest complaints outside of of her character, one of the biggest complaints about the series is always the um fact that Master Chief keeps taking off his helmet. And when asked about it, Pablo uh, Schreiber, uh who's the actor for Master Chief, says, "Look, this isn't the video game. This is a whole other series. Yeah. It's obviously inspired. It's it's based off of Halo." But mm-hmm. it's not the Halo game. So the helmet's coming off. And it looks like the helmet's actually more off this season than it was last season. Mm-hmm. Are you upset about that? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I have no problem with it. My argument of it is is going back to what we've talked about with Star Trek, too. Is, you know, when we watch um, Strange New Worlds, we love how the ship looks. Everything's real crisp and colorful. Yeah. And, and they do a really good job with the visualizing the tech that they have. And then we go back and watch TOS. And we're like, oh, my God, this is like not even an old submarine technology. There's just switches and yeah. buttons and you look into a, a scope. Yeah. It's really old tech. Well, they were trying to display the new, the new style with the old technology. They, in their minds, I'm sure it looked a lot better, but when we got to see it, TOS looks a little dated and clanky. Well, when you watch the game and you're playing the game, they would love to be able to pop that helmet on and off all the time and show you what a, you know, help you connect with this character but they didn't have the technology to CGI a face in that world at that time to it, to a standard that would be pleasant. So I'm like, no, we'll just keep the helmet on. That's a lot cheaper, a lot easier for us. So I would imagine the stories being told, you know, roughly the same way. They just weren't able to show us his face in the game, but they probably wanted to. That helps build a connection to the character, which we do get a good connection. And I think in the game, you are the character. So it helps to not see That's his face. That's, I think, a biggie. Yeah. But... But yeah, because I, you become you become Master Chief a lot easier when you don't have another face to identify with. Like yeah. it, it's you in the helmet. But on the show, you're not watching you in the helmet anymore. Yeah. You're watching John Master yeah. and, Chief, and you're not making the choices of which way he goes and right. what vehicle he steals and stuff like that. So I think that's an important distinction that that viewers that have a negative outlook on this thing. Not that the show's perfect. I wouldn't. This show yeah. has a lot of things it's got to do. These first two episodes, one of the biggest things I got to complain about is the fact that. It's starting so much stuff without having an actual like we're not seeing much progress forward. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, get ready because these guys are gonna go that direction now. All right, these guys are gonna go that direction. It's like, don't start mm-hmm. things, just like let's get going. Yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, I think you guys have to just understand that like you're not you are not Master Chief in this world. That's mm-hmm. the video game. I will say I was like, I'm ready to play some Halo now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it got me all sure. fired up. It just the, 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 the visuals the are so stunning are in this incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. I, I hope people don't get this canceled. Like, let's keep it going. I want to see five, six, seven seasons of the show because it is just so they they must be putting. I don't know the numbers. They must be putting a shit ton of money into making the CGI look yeah. as good as it is. It's ridiculous. It, like we were talking it's about the how Star Trek they, CGI. It's Paramount. The Paramount CGI game. People don't talk about it. It's yeah because people only talk about that's the thing, John. People mm. only talk about CGI when they want to complain about it. Yeah, because. The Paramount CGI is top notch in comparison to look at Knuckles too. Actually, matter of fact, let's yeah. throw that in there as well. Top notch. Yeah. Compare that to others that were like Marvel. We complain about Ant Man, and it's like <laughs> you guys don't talk about how good it was in Wakanda Forever or something. You know, it wasn't yeah. there either. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. When you see the um, uh, the bad guys, I can't remember the names with the energy swords. Like, oh, that's exactly how the I wanted elites. it to look. Yeah, the yeah exactly. Like that. That looks like the video game, but progressed better with technology. It they right. didn't. You know, cut corners didn't make it look cheesy or cheap. Like that's beautiful. I'm glad they're they're doing it justice so far. Do you feel the flood might be coming? Oh, I hope the flood's coming. I, I there's no I inklings so. of it yet, but yeah, that would I be none. such. But I think it would be a really good surprise. Like you, we are so focused on the elites being the enemy and some internal that you know the 
the Marines or the the corporate structure, or whatever. That's there's yeah. you know a big bad in there too. I think it's called. You yeah. So there's two you know battlefronts right there. But then moving forward, it's going to become like, and they'll probably build up the elites even more. Oh, they they have this. They're super spiritual and they're they want to eliminate all of us and they're going plant planet and stuff like that. And then you see, oh, they're scared of something worse than than them, and it's this flood, and that's why they're they're glassing all these planets. Is it's the only way to get rid of that? Is the only way to get the lice out of the carpet, kind of thing. And yeah. then we then uh, you know we're introduced to it, and it's like, oh crap, we need to be on their side. We have to work together to get rid of this, or it's going to destroy every planet quickly. So I'm excited. I hope they do that. I hope we see. I that. would love that. That's that's one of the big benefits to Arbiter, who's mm-hmm. not been seen, and I don't know if we'll be seen because we see that the another character is coming back. I won't say who. Mm-hmm. Um, but Arbiter was that that connection to that the Covenant. We, ta- we talked about cutting corners with CGI last week, and how like ah oh, that'd be kind of cheap if they found a way to not show the face very much and stuff like that. That's their solution, and I don't like it. Changing out that him is, for a different yeah. character ah oh, that would be well they haven't changed him out. This is a this is a. I think it might be a book only character next week on challenge accepted. We're going to bring Scott on who actually read the books. So it's yeah. going to be like, Oh, okay, good. I can't wait to ask you questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it would but, be changing yeah. the story. So she wouldn't play, be playing in his physical spot, but it would be rerouting the story to stick to her line more than his and kind of cut him out of the, the picture. But you're absolutely right that we do need a way to see the covenant side of you side of this and mm-hmm. see that the covenant are like preparing for a war against the flood not unc the marines um i did love that visual though where all of a sudden you see all the ships rising from the fog because it was like the whole time the ships have been there the whole time on that planet that they're glassing and by the way the the term glassing a planet is freaking dope we saw with the mandalore but it's like they just now are going planet to planet and glassing them (laughs) it's so freaking cool so we saw it with mandalore magical yeah no mandalore in mandalorian is glassed in star wars oh okay they talk about how like they turn the the surface to glass Uh, and yeah so it's like it's a cool concept like that you imagine like that takes so much bombardment yeah (laughs) but this one they do it in a actual like a purposeful way pretty neat because there's only certain Uh, elements that that turn to like if you melt sand it turns to glass but if you melt rock it turns to more rock right i guess it turns to lava cools into we need a scientist we do you know what a scientist i don't know any scientists They must be adding. There must be their laser does more than just hot. It does hot plus some molecular changes. That's it. Magic. Yeah. yeah we're I just like gonna chuck up the magic. Magic. Uh yeah. I, I think there are definitely some fixes. Or so not some fixes. It's an early start, and I think it's very early. It feels very early. Yeah. But visuals, excellent. Mm-hmm. Pablo as Master Chief. I really like him. His mm-hmm. character. Cortana's clearly gonna be very important to him. They yeah. made sure to one of the early things we'll talk we talk about it a lot on challenge accepted actually you know what i'll save it for challenge accepted guys we talk about this more on challenge accepted go and check that out guys mm-hmm. um it's the premiere of challenge accepted season two and i'm so excited about that john's stepping in uh, for, uh while thomas is on the men but yeah it's it's a good start i'm excited for it it's got a lot of good spots one question do you think this show would be better received if it wasn't broken up episode by episode but if it was released all at once so people get their answers in the same you know sitting maybe maybe paramount's yeah. that's not paramount's vibe at all but yeah. maybe paramount's very much cbs you know they, yeah. they still live by broadcast television rules a little bit yeah because I, I don't know there's a lot of it where it's like if you if you were able to just sit down and enjoy the whole show you wouldn't it seems like you wouldn't be left on that cliffhanger that leaves you questioning or the story isn't really resolving itself like you're saying there's a lot of threads that were started but we haven't really pulled on very many of them yet like well yeah if, if we got uh, maybe just a third episode Maybe that'll straighten a lot of it out and people can calm down. But, you know, I'm, I'm down to just spend an afternoon binging the whole thing. Yeah. All right, guys, go check us out on Challenge Accepted as we discuss that a lot more and dig into it. Uh, but for this episode, we're going to be calling it. Jonathan, let's go ahead and end on, uh, what do you want to do, recommendations again? Let's do recommendations, I think. Sure, sure. I don't remember what my recommendation was for last week, but you guys know Avatar is coming out on Netflix. Oh, yeah, and that's that what too. it was. Actually, you said uh, Halo and Avatar last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep preaching Avatar. If you guys haven't, if you guys haven't already watched at least season one, that's what the uh, series is gonna be based on so far. And read the comics. The comics are so good. They have the the, the books, the appendiums, or however you say it. Mm. Uh, yeah, definitely read those. They're a lot of fun. Really good suggestion. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend uh, Rumble, 
Warcraft Rumble on it's the app on your phones, guys. Um, we're at the point now where a lot of like the early starters are falling off, and it's kind of these guys that really like. It takes a while, but the strategy is so good in that game. I'm enjoying the strategy quite a bit, and mm. I've been playing Advanced Wars again. On but nice, I got the I got the Switch version now with the better graphics, mm. and it's amazing how I'm like, God damn, this game is good. I forgot how good this game is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's it's fun. All right, guys, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye. Bye.